Thank you, Corbertsons. The whole family. That was good. So I'm going to try and, and do Karis's job tonight and do announcements. And it shouldn't be hard because I only have one. <laughs> it's this. Paul and Naomi have a everybody's invited shower next Sunday at your mom and dad's house, right? Which it's on, I'm sure it's on Sunday morning Facebook. <laughs> I know where it's at, I just don't know the address. 407 Kenyon Avenue. 407 Kenyon Avenue next Sunday, so July 31st at 5.30. All right. Yeah, and it's potluck, so we're supposed to bring something. So everybody bring something. And Karis told me to say, everybody's included, even the men. We don't want Paul to be the only male there. Yeah, so, hey, I've, I've never been to a baby shower that was male, had actually invited male, so I'll, I'll be the first one there. Um, yeah, I worked on an assignment today just so I can attend. So I'm looking forward to it. What was that? Oh, uh, she didn't RSVP me. Well, I'm coming. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my only announcement. I don't think I have anything wise to say. So, um, Michael, I'm going to hand it over to you. What was that? What did you say? Yeah, that was pretty wise. Yeah, that was pretty wise. So Travis dropped this on me yesterday. Hey, man, you want to speak? Well, 24 hours advance, okay. Um... Thank you. That's true. No, it was good. It was actually... Now, typically, when I when Travis has asked me to speak before, I'm like writing things out in my notebook and have everything lined out. But today, no notebook. None at all. All right, so we'll see how this goes. Um, so I, I'm basically... I want to focus on two uh, scriptures tonight. Two verses, well, not two verses, but two references. But I was talking to Laura before I, um, before service started, and she, she said something that I was thinking about, and my, my desire tonight when I speak is to encourage your spirits. I do believe that, you know, it says in scripture that, and this is something that we say a lot here, Travis says a lot, that the Holy Spirit was meant, was given and all of us have a measure of it for the common good, right? Each one of us has been given the Holy Spirit for the common good. So we all have certain gifts, abilities that God's given us for the common good. Um, and I think about, you know, certain times and a lot of times to be cut to the heart with the word is so important. It's vital. You know, Peter at Pentecost, it says that the people there were cut to the heart. And when you're cut to the heart, with something, it, it brings conviction, it brings repentance, it brings just a sobriety um, before God. And that's super important. Uh, and I think Trenton's message last week was a, a cutting to the heart in certain ways. Like, man, that just was sobering. It was needed. 
And so a part of what, and it, the reason I'm sharing this is because I, I it's kind of like, you know, when I used to be a teacher, we used to have learning targets on the board before class started. All right, at the end of class, here's what I want you to be able to do when you give them an exit slip to demonstrate they could do that. So afterwards, not that I'm like, not that this is a litmus test for me and my success tonight in speaking to you, but I'm hoping that when you leave our meeting, you really feel invigorated in your spirit and you feel uh, prompted to just continue to believe. I, I, my hope is that you be encouraged in your faith tonight. Your, your faith would increase. And, uh, and really, you know, I was talking to one of my spiritual mentors today, which is funny because, as I said, I, did, I had no clue... Not that I didn't have a clue, but I didn't, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to talk on tonight. And through our conversation, he began preaching to me, which he does sometimes, like, all right, man, I'm just going to sit back and let you talk. And so he went out for like a, a 10 minute, you know, diatribe. And I'm like, I'm just receiving. And so like, dude, I really appreciate you sharing that because now I know exactly what I want to talk about tonight. So thank you. Um, and so if you look in the Bible, especially in the gospels, you know, what did Jesus most often rebuke his disciples for and others who were following him. It's like, oh, you of little faith, just believe. And so I want to simplify it tonight. And there's many things that I think are necessary. Uh, well, let me, let me backtrack. I think there are a few fundamentals, faith, hope, and love, obviously, being chief of those, to walk in the fullness of God. But I, I feel like faith is something that's so necessary and something oftentimes we just like, we don't engage with God on enough. And I feel like that can solve a lot of our issues if we just do two words. And Jesus said that. It's like, what, I told you, you would see the glory of God after Lazarus was raised. He said, if you just believed. Just believe. So, again, tonight, this evening, I encourage you to open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to really like percolate something in you to just ask and believe he's giving you a greater measure of faith because i really believe and i'm 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 convinced that god is a god who as as joseph was singing he he answers he answers us so believe when you ask he answers you ask anything according to his will and you think about this and i'm going to call you out paul paul and i would meet together what has it been 10 years ago now man it's been a, been a minute so but we would meet together, and this is stuck with me. Paul said, you know, he's referencing Paul from the Bible, saying, you know, God can do immeasurably, immeasurably more than we can think, ask, or imagine. And Paul's like, do you remember what you said? Remember you said? You said, uh, and I can imagine a lot, you know. And so I was like, dude, that stuck with me when you said that, man. I'm like, that is good. Like, I can imagine a lot, too. Sometimes my imagination just takes me on wild rides, but... Um, so just like get excited, man, that like God is a God who gives you, um, these things to ask for and to believe for. And he's a God who not only answers what you ask for, but he's a God who gives you abundantly more. Um, so, all right. So I, I want to turn, you don't have to turn, but if you want to, you can to Mark chapter four, uh, verse 35. And we all know this story from the Bible. Okay. I'm going to read uh, 35 through 41. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took, him, they, took, they, took, 
him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? It's interesting with this passage, and I don't take credit for this, but through conversations the last year and a half or so, that God's like given me through people revelation about this passage. Um, so one of the things in the very beginning, it says, Jesus says to his disciples, let us go across to the other side. So when Jesus says, let us go across to the, to the other side, what does that mean? you're going to the other side. You're going to get there. If Jesus says something, he says it. If, if Samuel said something, when Samuel says something, it says in the Bible that not, none of his words fell to the ground. So if Samuel said something, in other words, none of his words fell to the ground, what do you think happens when Jesus says something? Same thing and even more. Um, so Jesus said, we're getting, we're getting across to the other side. So it's interesting, you know, when the wind started going crazy, you know, Jesus is like, like, we're going to the other side. I'm going to go down here and chill and sleep. And so they were freaking out, right? So I just, I just pull back and want to like, just briefly, you know, extrapolate from that. So much of what the Bible expresses to us through Jesus, through whomever, um, it's through the Spirit of Jesus. Like, I want us and encourage us, and Joseph, you mentioned this too, to begin agreeing with God's word. Just agree. Agree with his word. We have an issue. When I say we, I'm speaking from experience. Um, not that being practical and being logical is not important. Super important. But when that becomes the, the filter, in issues, that actually, and in, in sometimes decreases our faith. Uh, so I encourage us, be a child as Jesus said. The filter is like a child with faith. Be like a child and believe. When, when parents tell their kids something's going to happen, or, you know, the, the Easter bunny exists or Santa exists, they just believe. They don't think about how logical that is. They just do it. So a part of this from the very beginning, Jesus tells them, look, and I think he knew, what, I mean, obviously he knew what was going to happen. He knew, look, we're going to get a cross, I'm telling them this. Will they remember this when the wind starts coming, when the waves start breaking in? Because logically speaking, I, I may, you know, maybe all of us would be in the same boat, no pun intended, with the disciples. I mean, think about being in that... I'm, I'm sure it was very much like being in a hurricane. I've never been out on the sea or the ocean when there was a crazy storm. But I'm, I'm assuming if you have been in that situation before, I think about the perfect storm. If you've seen that movie with Mark Wahlberg and George Clooney, that's a pretty good, huge wave. It's like, man, that is so intense. But I'm thinking it was something maybe similar to that. Like, it was intense. It wasn't just like a little, you know, small wave here or there. It was an intense situation they were in. But Jesus told them before that, here is what is going to happen. So it was like, he's like, look, here's what's going to happen. I've given you my word. Are you going to believe it? 
Um, or is it just going to be something that's kind of convenient? Oh, we're getting to the other side, all right. I mean, how many times in life, I mean, seriously, do we, we find ourselves in situations and circumstances that we allow these circumstances, situation to dictate and determine what we believe? Because what you and I believe drastically affects what we do. Let me say it again. Like, what we believe to be true affects what we do. So, if God has told you something prophetically, if he's told you something, if he's given you a promise prophetically, do you think it's going to happen instantaneous? Maybe it will. I think certainly God's a God of instantaneous transactions. God's also a God of tarrying. He told the disciples, tarry until you receive power from on high. So you know what? They tarried and they received power from on high. So what I'm saying is I want you all, I encourage you all to recall. Paul told Timothy, recall what's been spoken over you so you can fight the good fight. So recall the words God's spoken over you, the prophetic words he's spoken over you. And then chiefly, recall what he has said in the Bible, his word, the promises of God. Agree with those over your life. And so that is a part of what is Paul? Paul talks about this. He tells us to take the what of, of faith, the shield of faith that deflects the fiery darts of the evil one. And so you're literally supposed to take the shield of faith, which again is a reminder of what God has spoken to you prophetically and through his word. And so let's get back to the, to the story. So the disciples were told we're getting to the other side. They were in the midst of like turbulence. The turbulence, the waves impacted what they believe was going to happen. So we know what happened. They went down and, and, and told Jesus, Jesus, look, we, we need help. Now, interestingly enough, I have never thought of this before, but a buddy of mine who I just am so proud of and so impressed with how God's taken him and increased his faith. Just, it's an awesome uh, testimony to look at when I look at him. Anyway, he was like, man, I was thinking about this. And I really feel like God was giving me revelation about this. So, okay, so he, he starts talking about this passage and he says, you know, when, when the disciples went down to Jesus, I believe what they were doing is they were like, hey, look, help us throw the water out of the boat. You're sitting here sleeping. We're trying to like, fix the, I don't know, all the different components of the ship, of the boat, but they were trying to fix a lot of the stuff that maybe was broken. So they're like, hey, look, practically speaking, you're asleep. You're our leader. Why are you not telling us what to do? Like, fix the sail, fix, you know, throw the water out of the boat. So they were, I mean, he was saying, look, I think they were just wanting Jesus to help them. And so it's funny because almost, see, in my mind, I'm thinking when they went down to wake Jesus up, I was thinking, well, they wanted him to rebuke the wind and the waves and have the waves stop. You know, and, and, and the wind stop. And so if you look, though, look look down. So Jesus gets up, he rebukes the wind and the waves, and what happens? So if the disciples, and this is, again, I'm not like, I'm not telling you you have to believe this interpretation. What I'm saying is I think there is merit in this. Um, and I'm so I'm speaking it from that angle. I'm sure there's a lot of different, or there's, I mean, I don't know how many different interpretations. It's pretty cut and dry, I think, for the most interpretations of what I've heard. But... So they were shocked, right? They couldn't believe what happened. They were, who is this man that the wind and the waves obey him? So if they believe truly that we're going to wake Jesus up because we want him to speak and command the wind and the waves to stop, then that wouldn't have been as like sobering and shocking for them. They'd have been like, oh yeah, cool. He did what we wanted him to do. Right? I mean, they were, they were shocked. That it happened. So interestingly enough, I'm thinking about that. So the disciples 
So we can look at this, this passage, and one, they just didn't have eyes to, to receive and to understand what, that what was going to happen is what Jesus said was going to happen, firstly. And then secondly, they still didn't fully understand. And who can blame them? I mean, I'm not, I think Trenton, you mentioned this. Maybe you did or someone else did recently. Like how much of us would be in the same boat as the disciples in that time period? Like I'm not condemning them. I'm just saying, look, like we exhibit similar attributes as they did. So it was like, okay, Jesus not only, like he did more than what they asked or imagined, right? I believe that. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really embracing that interpretation. It seems like that's actually more accurate. So Jesus actually, actually came through in a much more powerful, authoritative way than they even imagined he would. And I, I want to encourage us, because I think we can glean a lot from this. I want to encourage you, as you live your life, as we live our lives, how much are you actually believing? How much am I actually believing for? And it's not about like rubbing a lamp and, G- and Jesus is a genie. But I was telling my friend today, like, man, I, I would much rather, when I see Jesus in heaven, whenever I see him, he comes down in his glory and I'm still alive. And I want to look at him and say, you know, Jesus, I asked and I believe because I just believe that you are greater and more amazing than I could ever imagine. Having him look at me and be like, why didn't you ask for more? Why didn't you believe for more? I would much rather him say, you know what, Michael, you believed a little too much. You asked a little too much than the alternative of him saying, look, look how much more you could have possessed, how much more you could have received had you just believed. And that to me, man, I'm like, all right, God, I don't know like how I can continue to believe for more, but I know what I can do is I can ask for more. God, give me the grace, give me the yearning to ask and also to believe for more. Sometimes we just need to ask to have the desire to ask at times. So sometimes we just got to humble ourselves before God, like, God, I don't even have the strength and the stamina to ask. Like, I'm just like wore out. Like, hope deferred makes the heart sick sometimes. You're believing for something. You're tearing for something. And you're like, I haven't seen it. Anna lived her whole life. She was like, I don't know how old she was, but she was old. And, and at her very end is when she saw the Messiah. But she tarried and believed. And so I encourage you, I encourage me, if God has given you a word, God's given us all words, God's God's spoken prophetically to each, I believe, each person in this room, promises, he's spoken promises over each person. I encourage you to continue to tarry and believe for those, despite what the enemy would say, despite what circumstances would say. If God has said it, it will come to pass. It'll come to pass. And so we just, God, give us the strength, the stamina to continue to believe. And to continue to be steadfast in what you have said. Because he'll, he'll bring it into fruition. It's 100% guarantee. Um, let's go to uh, John 20, the other passage. So again, another conversation I was having with someone that like inspired thoughts and just some, uh, some revelation. A lot, of, a lot of good revelation. So we'll go to chapter 24. And this is 
Jesus and Thomas. All right, we'll go 24 to 29. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So I would say for the most part that Thomas has a pretty poor stigma, pretty poor reputation in in Christianity. But I think there's something more to Thomas and we kind of see it in another passage when he's like, all right, we're gonna let's go and die with Jesus. You know, we see some of that boldness and courage in Thomas. And so if you look at this, this passage, how much let me I'll ask you this question, this is a rhetorical question, but how many times have we or have people that we know in the church said, you know, I believe this, I'm standing firm on this, but then the actions and then the way that we have and they have interacted with God and with people, have totally refuted what they testify to. Rock it, dude. Come on. Um, So with Thomas, when I look at Thomas in this passage, Thomas was real, he was authentic, he was raw. It's like, look, here's the deal. I'm struggling right now in my faith. I'm struggling to believe. I want to believe. I want to believe that Jesus was raised from the grave. I want to believe that. He was real in his unbelief. You know what Jesus did? Thomas, now look, maybe Jesus still would have shown up and be like, hey, look at this, look at the, look at the nails. Look at the, look at the mark on my side. He responded to Thomas in his unbelief because Thomas said, look, I won't do this unless this happens. So we can say, well, Thomas shouldn't have said that, but Thomas was real. Thomas was being raw and authentic in his disbelief. And all of us, all of us, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're the most fervent believer, all of us deal with unbelief. Every single person deals with unbelief. Jesus said, here is is your work. The work that I have for you is to believe in the one that, that the Father sent. That is our work, is to believe. So Thomas was real in his unbelief, and he was... Like, look, here's what's going to happen. I'm not going to believe unless I see it. So Jesus was like, okay. So I'm going to show up, Thomas, and I'm going to show you myself. I'm going to show you myself. And I think what we can glean from this is it's okay to be real and authentic and just doubting at times. But here's the thing. Don't let the doubt lead to a staying in the doubt, a remaining in the doubt. Let the doubt, even like Thomas did, to express to Jesus, look, look, it's not about We don't challenge Jesus. We don't say, hey, look, you better do this or else. But sometimes, you know what? Jesus is like, hey, look, let me prove myself to you. Be real. Don't harbor in the doubt. Because what happens, if you harbor in the doubt, it festers and it becomes resentment 
and, and anger and accusation. But if you, in our, your realness, in your raw, authentic, just God, like I am struggling to believe here. I'm being real before you. I'm crying out in desperation. I don't know what, you know what needs to happen, but I'm, I'm being real and I'm, I'm professing my struggle right now. And Thomas, I think that was noble of him. It's like, look, I am expressing what I'm experiencing right now in my heart. I'm expressing it out. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if Thomas actually believed or he was hopeful, I'm sure. But the fact is, I think all of us can resonate with what Thomas said and what Thomas did. So I, I just, I exhort you and us, like, look, I don't know what you're struggling with or I don't know what, what internally you're dealing with to believe and hope for. But be real before God. He knows it anyways. He knows what's on your tongue before you ask it. But he's still, there's still this mystery and still a, a, a amazing communication that he responds to when we ask. Even when it comes from a place of doubting a little bit. Because God sees the heart behind that question. God, see, God saw the heart behind Thomas. And I, I, I firmly believe Jesus was like pleased. He wasn't like, Thomas, look at this. See, believe in me now. I'm sure he was looking at him with such love and intimacy. He was like, look, man, I'm showing up. I'm showing up to you in your moment of weakness. And so be real. Be real with God. Like, it's, it's not, sometimes we like, and I know for myself, we like to have this veneer, this facade of like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm good. Like, I'm good. All right. Like, I'm going to deal with this because this is something I'm supposed to deal with. Yeah, God allows us to deal with things. God allows us, as Trenton talked last week, there's, there, there's a, a unequivocal reality that we take up our cross. That is, a, uh, that is something Jesus told us to do as his disciples. There's also this reality where Jesus is like, look, here I am. I'm waiting for you to enter in in belief and faith. And as, 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 we, as we sang, take it to the Lord in prayer. You know, it's that simple. You have not because you ask not. And sometimes when you ask, you ask for the wrong motives. But we're not, you know, you have not because you ask not. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Ask and you will receive. Look, are we going to believe that or not? It's a binary, a black and white type of reality. Are we going to believe what Jesus says in his word? We can say, well, you know, we can, we can rationalize it, man. We can rationalize the word of God until we're blue in the face. You can look at it and say, well, you know what? Jesus isn't doing this now because, oh, it, you know, we, we see that with cessationists, right? Well, there's, the gifts of the Spirit are, are gone because we don't, they're, they're badly abused right now. We're, 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 uh, people aren't using it the right way. See, it's, it's manipulated. Oh, you know, we don't see the same type of miracles. We, we, we see that in the body of Christ. And I'm, I have mercy. Like, I'm not condemning, but I'm just saying we see the rational mind, the logical mind come in and try to interpret the Bible based upon our own filter of what we've experienced, what we've seen, rather than the Word of God. Like, look, God says it. God says it. If He says, if you ask anything according to my will, anything, well, well you say in Psalm 103, you heal all, all our diseases. I can sit here and try to rationalize, well, like someone died, they had a disease. Okay, I mean, I, I, I don't like God's God. Sometimes he, I don't know why he allows that to happen, but he does. However, if it says that in his word, God, you say you heal us from all of our diseases. Okay, well, you know what? 
God, I'm going to press through. I'm going to be persistent like the widow because you're a just judge. And I'm going to believe. And I'm going to believe that what I ask for, I have. Because I believe that is your will. And so it's up, it is up to God how he wants to answer that. But let us go down, man. Let us go down believing. Let us go down. If we die and we're like, as Travis has said up here, and Dave, you've mentioned it too, look, if we go down believing for something radical because we believe God has spoken that to us, then go down believing. I'd much rather go down believing like a fool. I would. I'd much rather go down believing like a fool than being, you know what, I'm going to play it safe. I'm, I'm staying in this safe parameter, and I'm going to stay here. I don't want that for my life. I don't, I don't want that for you all. And so, again, chiefly what I'm saying is, when God says it in his word, cut and dry, man. And, and, and again, I know there's sometimes we have to, and I think it's, it's great to, to study, and, and, and you know, there's certain places where you look at context with what Paul says, and I'm, I don't want to get into that right now, but you all understand. We're people of discernment. You know what I'm saying, you know? What I want is, and Jesus, I believe, is smiling at us right now, and he's like, look, I'm inviting you. It's not like he's even saying, look, if you don't do this, you're not going to enter into heaven. Or if you don't do this, I'm not going to show my love to you and show my grace to you. God's gracious and, and full of mercy despite our own disbelief at times. You know, He's just constantly, he is that. He's abounding in steadfast love. He shows us his love, his steadfast love as Laura was praying. He does that. But he's like, look, sometimes, and I was convicted about something. I'll say this really quickly. I was convicted about something. I was like, I was praying, well, if God gives me the favor here, then I may get this. Um, I may get this. I may, may get, if God gives me the favor on something I've submitted to someone, they may select me for something. And I'm thinking, like, and I, and I was challenged by someone a few days ago. He's like, Michael, look, that's not, like, the best perspective to have. Like, and I was kind of saying, what I was saying was, I don't know how I worded it, I was basically like, oh, it's a long shot for this to happen, you know, it's a long shot. It's like sometimes when you agree with that, agree with like the long shot or agree with like, oh, it's only going to happen if a crazy miracle happens in your life. It's like, look, do you have the favor of God? Yes. Do you have the spirit indwelling in you? Have you been anointed by God? Yes. So it's like now we just, it's like agreeing. So praying is almost like you're not just, you're asking, but you're also agreeing in prayer with what you have. Literally, it's like I have the anointing. In 1 John, it says that, you know, all have received the anointing. Like, you actually don't need a teacher to teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. His anointing will teach you all things. Teachers are great. Not, that's not to, to undermine teachers. But you get what I'm saying. It's like, so a few things I want to I challenge us with and really exhort us, encourage us with. One is ask. And if you're not sure what to ask for, the Holy Spirit will show you what to ask for. He will. He's faithful to do that. And sometimes it may just be a very organic thing. You're like, oh, wait, wait a second. This is like bubbling up in my heart. I can't help but to ask and, for, and to contend for this. Sometimes it's not, so, it's not so complicated. We don't have to hear an audible voice from God to know what to ask for. And some things are very clear in Scripture what to ask for. You know, it's very clear. And some, some prophetic things will bubble up in our spirits. We're like, oh, you know, I don't know why this is like, I think some of the things to, to notice are... Um, if you see like a specific theme, like in your life, people you talk to, there's certain things like you're, you're hearing, uh, similar phrases, similar things from different people. It's like, okay, I need to pay attention to this. It's things like maybe a dream, other people having dreams about you. It's like, what? 
there's a theme here. God, okay, I'm going to enter into this. I'm not sure exactly how to enter in, but I'm going to contend for this. And it could be like, I know I'm, I don't mean to be like vague, but it could be a lot of different things. You know, I think an example could be, you know, you're, you're, you're in a, a moment of transition in your life. And I think a lot of us in certain ways are in transition. Sometimes, you know, we're in seasons of not transition. But if you find yourself in a point of transition in your life and you're not really exactly sure what to do, it's like, well, be just alert and perceptive with some of the messaging God may be highlighting in the Bible through conversations with people, through just your own desires. What has God put in you? I spoke a few weeks ago about like God has put his desires in your heart to be your desires. So just be perceptive. And if something's not showing up, it's okay. Contend for it. Just be diligent in prayer and asking. And then, you know, God's, look, God's not intimidated if you ask for the wrong thing. Like, oh, bad boy, bad girl, you ask for the wrong thing. Here's 40 lashings for your disobedience of not asking rightly. He's gentle, he's patient, he's like, he's going to guide us. So we're asking for something that's maybe even a little bit like vain. It's like, God, protect me in my vanity. If I'm asking for something that's vain, like, all right, I don't want... I don't want vanity or the fear. That's like religion. Well, I'm not going to ask for that. That's some, you know, no, I would never ask for that. No, nah, I'm not going to do it. God's like, oh, really? Well, I'm giving you the opportunity to ask for it right now, and you're like stepping in the way of what I want to do. If it's vanity, well, then God will show you it's vanity. God will show you that it's like, okay, not really like, you know, he's kind with it, man. He's so much more kind than we are to ourselves about stuff like that. Um, so, you know, God's putting in your heart, look, like, I want you to have a new car. Look, I'm not, like, preaching the prosperity gospel, but you know what? Unfortunately, we live sometimes in an impoverished mentality in the kingdom. It's not about the material possessions, obviously. Paul was content in all things. In every situation, he was content. But if I look at Scripture from the beginning, especially, like, God brought his people into a land flowing with milk and honey flowing with milk and honey. It was their disobedience, their hardness of heart, their unbelief that prevented them to receive the promises. So again, like, be open, be humble, be like, Lord, like, and it could be, again, like, we know the, 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 the very, at the very least, it's like, well, pray God to give me more faith. Pray to increase my love for this other person. Pray to help me forgive this person. Pray to help me just to like, uh, uh, be tender towards this person. It's really frustrating me. Like those things don't neglect, and I'm speaking to myself here, don't neglect entering in and asking for those things. Contend, man. Jesus said it. Look, if you contend, if you ask anything, I know I'm you know, beating a dead horse here for lack of a better term, Like, but that is true. The persistent widow went day in and day out to the unjust judge. Like, look, this person is bothering me. I'm going to grant her justice because she's annoying me. If an unjust judge granted justice to a person, how much more will the Father grant justice to those who ask Him, we love? So, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I have. Yeah, so, I think there was kind of two things that I mentioned. Ask and agree. So let me just kind of close out with agreeing. Agree. There's a, and I can't, some of you all may know this, this verse in the Bible. It's in Psalm. I think David prayed it or someone else did. But, it, but, oh no, actually it was an agreement. Excuse me. Let me take back. I think they were agreeing with this. They said, you give me wine to gladden my heart or soul. You give me oil to make my face shine. And you give me bread to strengthen my heart. And so it's funny, like, and I'm not saying I shouldn't have prayed for this and we can't pray for that. Like, again, like, 
The Holy Spirit will lead and guide and just like as long as we're malleable in his hand. Like, okay, God just... But it's funny, I'm like, oh, wait a second. They, I don't think they were actually praying that. They were acknowledging that is what I have. God's got wine to give me joy. He's got the wine. He's got the resources. He's got oil, and that oil symbolizes the anointing to make your face shine. And he's got the bread to strengthen you, the sustenance to strengthen you to accomplish what he has called you to do. So I use that as an example of, as you're like contemplating what we've talked about, contemplate and ponder, you know, what is God inviting me to ask and contend for? What is he inviting me to agree with? What are things in my life that I have actually, what are demonic doctrines? And let's be, I mean, like, be real. We've all been victimized by demonic doctrines. So God, help us. I, we ask, God, you would show us any agreement and we would completely abandon any agreement from a demonic doctrine. But so, yeah, agree. Agree with the Holy Spirit. Agree with his word. Um, I don't have anything more than that. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess, you know, what we can do, Davey, if you don't mind, we have a little time left. I think that's about it that I have in my heart. Um, you know, maybe have a time for... 15, or what is it? Is that right? Was it 6.30 the time? Am I off? Okay. Maybe a time, like 15 or so minutes of just coming up here and just like testifying, look, here's what God is moving me to ask for. Here's what, here's, here's an agreement I'm going to begin making, or here's a, an agreement I'm going to stop agreeing with. Um, and I've said a few myself, and I think because the, the, the testimony, as we've mentioned here, one of the verses we love to mention from Revelation is like, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So I think this would help and encourage and exhort us as we leave this place, like, okay, stir it up, you know? So, you know, one of the things uh, that, that I'm agreeing with is that I have the anointing. I have the anointing. And I'll, I'll, I'll briefly, I need to be more open with this. With, with, it's not that big of a deal, but I've talked to you guys, so God has given me a heart, a passion for the arts. And I just recently signed, it's, it's interesting, signed with a talent agency in Louisville. And what I've been doing the last month is I've been auditioning for these different like, commercials and jobs. And it's kind of crazy. I'm like, this is weird, but like, I feel God in it. And I'm not getting like, I haven't gotten any of the, the jobs yet. So it's been kind of a little bit deflating. Like, okay, I'm auditioning, but they're not like, <laughs> um, I did a Gold Star Chili audition a few days ago. And I'm like, I was excited about it. Haven't heard anything. Um, but you know, and it was like, but if I have, and I was, so in the context of my conversation with my friend, I was like, but if, if God gives me favor, you know, I'll, I'll get this. You know, like if, if, if he's got to give me favor because there's so many people. I'm like, no, you know what? Regardless if I get it or not, it doesn't matter. I have his favor. I have his anointing. I do have that. So I am going to stop agreeing with not having his favor at all times and having his anointing. That's what I'm going to agree with. I'm going to stop agreeing with needing to get his favor. I'm his son. I have his favor. That is true. So anyway, um, yeah, so I guess we'll take, what, 15 minutes or so to uh, just anyone to come and testify what you're going to agree with. Uh, God, God gave me a promise probably 40 years ago that I've not really been in agreement with because it didn't make any sense to me and it didn't seem possible. And so 
I'm taking your challenge. I'm not going to be in disagreement. I'm saying he can do the impossible, even though it's been a really long time, but I'm just coming into I'm. I agree with what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. It's hard to apply it to me. <laughs> but I'm, I'm accepting the invitation, and I'm saying, do it, God. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, when you were sharing, some point while you were sharing, I was reminded of a, uh, well, um, Jen, Stu, you remember when we visited Stu and Patty that one time? Well, there was a bunch of times, but this one, I don't even know. Actually, I'm not sure you were there. This might have been before we were um, a couple. But this guy, uh, Stu Chalupski, that I know in Oregon, that we knew he, he went to, he died this year, actually. But one time he said, he just had this like prophetic word when I was at his house, and he said, God has something specific for you to do overseas. And uh, it was like definitely resonated and really encouraging for me because I had a, since I was a little kid, I've had a just desire to travel and, you know, whether it's missions or I don't really know what, but I just always want, I love going new places and, and uh, experiencing new cultures. And when, before Jen, before I went to, uh, we, we moved from Oregon to Texas, I've mentioned before. Before that move, uh, or actually, like, yeah, right before it, we got to go to Northern Europe, to uh, Denmark and Sweden uh, for our 10th anniversary. And um, we just both, like, l- we're like, oh, let's move here, okay, <laughs> you know? And that's just kind of how we feel whenever we visit somewhere or even just hear or watch a foreign movie or something. It's like, oh, we want to go there. We want to, you know, experience that. And so I'm continuing to I've never really not believed that like I've always believed that's true but then there's time there's a way you can be more actively engaged in or or just kind of put it on the shelf and so I take your encouragement to just continue to even pray and ask you know like uh, okay God please make this happen please show us where we're where you have for us to go to and how that's going to be so Well, I'll uh, ask for for um, my mom to be able to travel this fall to the U.S. <laughs> Despite the international travel ban that's still in place for non-citizens, non-vaccinated people. So there we go. <laughs> if right now she can't come, so we're you know either she gets COVID again this year, or um, she's. Um, gets an exemption, which um, we're working on, <laughs> but it's uh, through like senators that she would get an exemption. Anyway, so I'm just asking that she, I, I feel like she'll come, but you know, it's always good to keep asking for that. So there we go. We, uh, We thought we would know what we were supposed to be doing by now. We don't. And my best guess is that we're supposed to be resting. And uh, 
I don't, I'm not even that good at that. But um, my, what I'm really hoping for is that, like, in between nine to twelve months, we'll know, like, this is what's next, kind of. It's kind of my hope. So I'm just kind of believing for, like, Lord, you're gonna help us to know what's next. thinking about um, and also what I want some of these comments actually stimulated this thought um, there have been moments too where I've been where God has clearly moved my heart to ask it's been abundantly clear okay I'm, I'm, I'm he's leading me to ask for this to contend for this and there's moments indisputable moments where he's like okay you've done your due diligence you've tarried you've asked now release it and have faith because sometimes you can actually ask for something out of faithlessness. So that's important to also realize that asking is not always, sometimes asking is a point of faith. A lot of times it is. But sometimes it's like, are you really believing? You ask for this, now believe that you have it. So it's kind of this paradox a little bit because there is this reality where you're supposed to be persistent with something. And Terry, and that's just our faith that God's going to show us and help us to know how to ask. There's points too where it's like, you've asked, believe what you've asked for, and let me come through now. And I think that's also like when Trenton said he's resting, I think that's a great example of, look, I feel like I'm, at least if God shows me differently, I've asked, now he's like, release it. Because sometimes when you don't see something happening and you really want it to happen, then it's like, what do I need to do? What do I have to do? What do I? It's not about us, really. It's about responding to the Holy Spirit. Because even asking or not asking is an invitation from the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. That's something that I've thought about, too. Because I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm asking for this. I'm like, am I, but is this faith, is faith fueling the ask? Is faith fueling the request? Or is it my, like, just impatience or my fear? So again, just something to discern. What is what's propelling us to ask or not to ask? And let God just show you, because he will. If it's a fear that's causing you to ask, or if it's a fear that's causing you not to ask, God will show it. He says I'll, I, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Again, that's either, it's pretty black and white binary to me. Either, either that's true or not true. Will God lead us into all truth? Well, he says he'll do it, so he's going to do it. Um, yeah, so I think that's just something a good, good reminder. Uh, because, again, there, there are moments where God is like, look, you've sown, you've done your due diligence on sowing, now let me grow it. And I think, and Travis has mentioned this, I know, but God's a God of instantaneous transactions, as I mentioned, but sometimes, man, it's like, I, uh, I've realized that sometimes you don't even realize something's growing so exponentially. You're like, wait a second, how did this happen in my life right now? How is this happening in someone else's life? And sometimes it's not that instantaneous. Sometimes it's just a, a, a diligent belief in, in cooperation with God Then all of a sudden a paradigm is completely shifted for someone you've been praying for. Or it's like it, you notice something in yourself, like how did this happen to me? How am I different? How did God do this? I didn't wake up one day and this happened. So it's like even the faith that it takes some time and God uses time to allow his word to come into fruition. So... All right, I think I'm done now. I'm not going to come back up unless someone says something.
Um, many of you heard a few weeks ago that John Edwards said something, um, directly said my name um, during, after his talk, I don't know exactly when it was, he said, uh, Bob Moore increase. And uh, I don't know if anybody's wondering, has anything happened since then? <laughs> but uh, uh, I took that to heart in a, in a way that uh, I don't know how to explain it, but God has started doing some real changing in my life, and I can't even I can't even tell you any specifics, other than I feel like it's a real cleansing, um, and I feel like uh, that was meant definitely to encourage me to action and to be bold. Uh, we. I've felt like that's happened a couple times, but I think it needs to happen more. Um, it was easy because it was strangers, but I felt led to uh, speak a word to a couple people in the airport as we were traveling on vacation, and I feel like God honored that. And you know, something they didn't—I didn't wait to let them tell me whether. It was there had there was some truth to it or not. I was just nervous enough. I just felt like I needed to get it out and go back with my family. But uh, I, in faith, I believe that 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 had some impact on their lives um, because God told me to do it. So um, it's it's just neat. And uh, of course, Travis loves to do play on words, so. Uh, he's always talked about, he's, he started the Moore thing. And uh, so I am Bob Moore. I live on 200 East Morrison in Wilmore. So there's a triple, triple Moore there. So and I've, I've shared this with, I got to give a joke too. Shared this with Michael once that, you know, it's real difficult at, at uh, Holy Spirit conferences because everyone's shouting my name, Moore, Moore. <laughs> so... Anyway, I just want to encourage you tonight that um, maybe I needed to hear that direct word because I had less faith that night, and hopefully you have more, and you can start uh, a change tonight without hearing your name called out, and uh, to be more bold, to listen to him telling you when to speak to someone or to. I think I missed one today, by the way. I had a great opportunity, and I had an agenda, and I let my agenda um, come before the chance to talk. Uh, I mean, it was like a wide open invitation to hang out and talk a little bit, and I, I just kept doing what I was came to do, and and probably shouldn't have, but I'm learning. So, I don't know that I have anything really specific that I'm asking God for, but I just feel like for a number of years I've kind of stopped asking for big things. Um, and I think part of that is having asked for big things and received big things that were different than I thought they would be. And, uh, and so it's like, God, I don't know. It's, it feels a lot safer just not to, not to ask. Um, and so, but, I, you know, there's always a longing in us to, to ask. And so I think that's what I'm going to do is just kind of start asking or even just asking God, what, what should I ask for? So. 
Hi, this is a wonderful church. Um, so today I finished this book, A Light to All Japan, the story of Susan Dyke. Wonderful story, super easy reading, but she, um, single gal, but she would go into a place and she says, I told everyone about the Lord. She would go to a restaurant. I told everyone about the Lord. And I had such a burning in me to, you know, you go places, Walmart, and you're talking to them, and the, the desire is there. And, and then it's like, ah, oh, I didn't do it. So that, that's my, um, that's what I want is to be obedient. Um, and I want to be able to say that. I told everyone, or at least I told someone, you know, I just, so that's, that's my desire. And also, I just told Genevieve, um, I, uh, what, a month ago, the Lord was saying, go where the Spirit is moving. And um, so I sent out an email to some friends at a different church and sent one to Genevieve. And I'm like, all right, who's going to answer first? Genevieve answered first. And um, so anyway, but we're still, my husband and I are still we're actually more in unity now, and we're still going to the Baptist church. On Sunday morning, it's good. I'm singing out front, all is well, but this is so good. I think it was last week, or maybe it was, yeah, it was last week when I shared about how I just went for an hour just asking the Lord. Just whatever came to my heart, I just asked. And um, I think, you know, when we ask, as I reflect on my asking, that we, we don't make it about us always. We make it about others. And, um, you know, if, Lord, if the Lord would answer all of our prayers, how many lives around us would actually be changed? I have family members that don't know Jesus. They think they do, but the fruit is extremely obvious. The church doesn't really know Jesus, especially in the West. We don't see zealousness. But that's my prayer is that the Lord would be attentive to our prayers because they're so aligned with His heart. And then when we're asking, we're asking for his, his fruits, His goodness, His kindness, His gentleness. And I say that because I've been asking, you know, for the more of the Lord for other people's lives. I've been asking for healing over Emma completely. I've been asking for boldness of others to rise up. I've been asking for the Spirit of the Lord to pour out His heart, you know, to us. I've been asking for the Lord to flood this city to fulfill the dreams that I've seen, the encounters that I've had, that those things wouldn't be private, they'd be made public. So I want to encourage you to ask. Um, and for probably over a year now, I've, I've been asking for just physical healing of my body because the Lord's revealed a people group for me to go to, which requires a lot of physicality, like stronger than what I was when I was 25 years old. And even last night, I had this dream where like, I was going to this surgeon, and I was in a waiting room, and it was like they gave me a, a, um, 
it's like when you go to a restaurant and they give you this clicker and you go off and then like they call you and it's ready and like four hours had gone by and my shoulders were just burning. I remember like how long how long do I have to wait for for this surgeon to see me? But yet there was a there was a lack of trust with me in that surgeon. And it, I think partly because it wasn't Jesus. But I've as you know, Michael even said the opposite of faith is is doubt. And when the Lord does answer these prayers that we've all sat up here and said and cried out for, how contagious that is. And it encouraged us to ask for more and to ask with the right motives. And um, so yeah, if, if the Lord answered your prayers, how many lives around you would be impacted? So I want to encourage you to ask for more than you can imagine. Truly, I do. And I mean that. And I, I, I don't care if you're 72 years old. And I don't care if you're five years old. Ask. Ask, ask, ask. Ask, seek, knock. So, Father, we just, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you are a God who listens you're a God who sees. And you're a God who instills your heart in each and every one of us, Lord. And you're a God that wants us to respond. You're a God who wants us to ask, Lord. And I ask that you would encourage us to open up our mouths and to confess that we have even our own doubts and our own mind, not thinking that you're going to get it right, just like the disciples said, but that we would rest on your word, that we would know that what is impossible with us individually is possible with you. And we know, Lord, that the things that you have promised through the Holy Spirit can't be brought about by our flesh. There's nothing that we could do, nothing that we can say in our own strength, Lord, that can invoke you to just come and move. So we just ask that you would clean out you know, any motive that's not in line with yours, so that when we do ask, Lord, we're asking from a posture of humility. We're asking from a posture of a child. And we're asking because we want to see not just Others, we want to see not just our own life change, we want to see others' lives radically in love with you. Jesus, I ask that you would even invite us to reach out our hands, to touch your palms, to touch your side, to look at your feet and to look at your eyes. I ask for that encounter, Lord, on each and every one of us, Lord. Because one glimpse at you will change us completely. And I ask for this in the name of the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Amen.